And now, on the very special 100th episode of the Lifers Podcast. <laughs> That's not, that music's not going to work. Can you That's like do good, something yeah. more? What's something a good? More, what's a good uh, like? What's a good game show theme song? Price is Right. The Match Game. Oh, Match Game. Okay. Can you turn that down? That's kind of loud. Okay. All right. You know, you it's a work be, in progress. You just got to be light, louder. No. Right, no, I'll turn it down. I'll turn it down. Whoa. And now, on the very special 100th episode of the Lifers Podcast, the cast goes over their favorite bits. Is that it? Hey, thanks a lot, Gabe. Thanks for. Uh... Well, you should do like a, you should do like a, like a Lauren O'Neill introduce us after you say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take two. Hang on. Let me rewind. <laughs> Glad you guys dressed up. I didn't even shave for this. And now. On the very special 100th episode of the Lifers Podcast, Ben, Scott, and Gabe go over their best bits throughout the ages. Yeah, on a special 100th episode? I said that already. On the special 100th episode. All right, Gabe, thanks for... Thanks for that stellar introduction. Hi, everybody. This is the 100th episode... Of the Lifers Podcast. We made it to 100. Ben, Gabe, did you ever think this day would happen? No. This moment, this landmark, this... 100 episodes, we started this. I think more importantly, uh, I I know we had this argument last year about whether this... We've gone 100 weeks, whether there were two episodes we did in one week or something. I don't know. But like we've gone... We've never had a break, right? We we've gone every single week. Well, the first two, the the pilot episode and the Juliana Hatfield episode, were uh, published. Would you say or broadcast three days apart? So that first week had two episodes. Well, listen. Never mind those listen. kind of details. For February sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Huh? February February sixteenth, twenty twenty one was the date of the pilot episode. Okay, so it hasn't quite And been it sounded something like this. One, hey, welcome to the, the first episode, what do they call it? The pilot episode of the Lifers Podcast. It's a local H podcast with me, Scott Lucas. Uh, I'm the singer and guitarist of Local H. <laughs> yeah, we tried that last year, and the, 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 the opening of that pilot episode is... But we can do something else from that episode. We don't have to do the opening. All right. By the way, that pilot episode is our most listened to episode by at least a thousand, I think, at this point. Who, who was true. the guest? Who was the guest on that first there, episode? You were, you were kind of the de facto guest, Gabe. Oh, is that why you brought it up? Because you, want, you wanted to take all the credit? Ben no, I think, what's, I think what happens I did not. is people... <laughs> Listen to that episode. I didn't and go, ask the question as to who was the guest. What are you talking about? You brought it up the first episode. Uh huh. 
this, this was before cell phones. Right. Right. I remember the day where I got a beeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to tell that story, Scott? Do you remember that? No, you tell that story. Uh, our, our manager at the time, he gave me a beeper. He says, Gabe, you got to keep this with you at all times. And when we need to get a hold of you, you got to call us back. Didn't he say you had to keep that bitch on? He said, yes. He said, keep that bitch on. <laughs> it was the 90s. <laughs> so, uh, and then you pull over, find a payphone, and 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 make your calls. And that was a lot different back then. Yeah, you had the maps. Like trying to get in and out of uh, Washington, D.C. was a goddamn nightmare. Right. Um but did Scott make you tune guitars and did you have to help set up the drums and all that shit? Uh, I became basically Joe's tech, the drummer, mm-hmm. Joe Daniels. He, uh, right. I, somehow I fell into the duties of setting up and breaking down the drum set. Scott did his own stuff. I didn't know how to tune a guitar. So he basically just did his own stuff and I did Joe's stuff back yeah. in the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all loaded in, we all loaded out as much as we could get help at the clubs that would help us. But it was a, it was a three man gang. You know, I, I have a feeling that people listen to that episode and then they go, let's check this shit out. And yeah. then they listen to it and they go, yeah, I'm not listening to the show anymore. There are some comments that were on SoundCloud for that episode, but people that we've never heard from again, <laughs> they were like, people are like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And then yeah. crickets for the next hundred weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be a new beginning. A new beginning episode. Maybe maybe this will be our second most listened to episode because if you know you could, this will uh, be a primer, sort of yeah. get you up to date with where we've been, where we're going. Yeah, I was gonna say like I feel like now we really have our act together. Like people can start with this episode and they'll be like, well, but the truth is, I looked at those first ten and I was like, well, I think we actually had our act together more back then. <laughs> we pretty much. Those first 10 episodes, we run the gamut. There's all kinds of cool stuff that I feel like we haven't actually gone back to. I think within that first 10 episodes, we had like three or four or five guests, including Julianne yeah. Hatfield. Um, right. But we also had crazy episodes like the one where we deconstructed that Genesis song. Um, sure. That was episode the, five. The one where we told my life story. Uh, we had Andy Gerber. The Who the Fuck is Ben Reiser episode. Who the fuck episode is ben seven. Reiser? Which is not one of our most. I would. I went back and I was like, "Oh, well, by now that's got to have some big numbers." But you know, it's not bad. But number ten was Mike Shannon. Yeah. So number if we had stopped at number Yellow. ten, right? I yeah. think like I think that we did wind up covering most of the bases of what we wound up doing for the next ninety episodes in those first ten episodes. Except maybe we didn't do a road report in that first ten. And that became no road reports didn't start until episode road report. Number one was episode 27, Mm. uh, August 13th, 2021. I think the nineties were a tough time for metal bands and even incredibly a band like Iron Maiden. Yeah. I saw him at the Aragon in the nineties, I think. Yes. I was with you. you. Remember how crazy that was? Yes. Iron Maiden yeah. and Aragon. We went was, to, we went, yeah. It was so weird. I don't even remember what's, then, what album they're touring for, but it, it was wild to see them in, in there. But now they can sell out, you know, Tinley Park without, right, without, right. without being on the radio. Yeah. Things come around, man. You know, everybody goes through a dip. Even a band like Iron Maiden went through a dip 
and they came out of it. Um, was that when they had the other singer that we saw? No, them? no, no. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go to that. <laughs> that was when. That was when Bruce came back. Either when he came back or when he left. I don't know, but I wouldn't go. I would. That's like seeing. Well, I saw the Misfits without Glenn Danzig, so I, I can't say. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but Bruce isn't the original singer, so I saw Enough's Enough without Donnie V, and it was better. <laughs> 20s. Yeah. Johnny Monaco, everybody. Mm. Hey, it's a lot of fun looking at Ryan because it's like his first time seeing how the sausage is made. Should, he seems to be enjoying. We, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring him out, Ben. Uh, but you, fuck it, Ryan. I blew it. I blew across it. Across for me is the moment that a lot of people have been wondering about and waiting for, and here it is yeah. tonight. Uh, Ryan Harding joins the show for the first time. Hi, Ryan. Hello, my friends. This is how the sausage is made. That's that's what you say later on. <laughs> it's not even a metaphor. Yes. So yeah, so Ryan's here because uh, we are in a hotel room. We're on we're on tour. That's the the Lifers podcast is on the road. Um, so so road we st- report road report <laughs> road report number one. So we start tomorrow. We've been driving for the past couple of days, and we start tomorrow uh, after seventeen months. Seventeen months. We're back on the motherfucking road, and we start tomorrow in Virginia Beach. Are you going to be there, Gabe? No, that's a long drive from where I'm at. <laughs> Gabe, what was your favorite episode? Episode or moment? Because you know, I don't know if every one of our episodes is a hit from beginning to end. It's uh-huh. it's kind of it has its ebbs and flows. First catch of all, let's say can. that Gabe Gabe has has only listened to maybe a, a, one handful of episodes out of the hundred. He listens to the ones that he thinks there's something incriminating in those episodes. <laughs> he yes. goes to check it out. Yeah, that's that's true. My my Fair. best my favorite moment, the one that I just felt like I, I hit my stride in my, <laughs> in my mind in my mind now, uh-huh. is when I called on. My inner, uh, would you say, uh, Ed McMahon, where I said to Max, do you know that you look like Steve Bannon? Max, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever told you that you resemble a guy that's going to jail pretty soon? <laughs> Steve, Steve Bannon. <laughs> I'm not Wait. joking. Wait, let me get my other four shirts on. <laughs> and then we'll... <laughs> First of all, he does not resemble Steve Bannon. Yes, he no, does. Steve Bannon he does not resemble Steve Bannon. No, and I, I cannot like... believe you have the balls to say I that. No, I look like a kind, wonderful no. guest. What is Listen, wrong with you, Gabe? Ben, ben, look it up and share the screen. We got it. Hey, hey, what Send about uh? I just saw a picture of Bob Seger, and I was like, "What's up, me?" Go. Oh, there you go. All right, That's he similar. looks. He if I had me. glasses, yes, you have a Bob Seger look, but you do. Listen, it's can I there. apologize no. for my <laughs> old gonna... friend, okay, old, gonna... old, old friend, Gabe? <laughs> I was I'm not that old. You, I was going to call you the saxophone skunk Baxter. I was going to say that. Like, well, that's, well, that's a nice thing to say. Why would well, you if I played saxophone, say? it would be great. What you just <laughs> said about him. What did he do? Trumpet. Sorry, trumpet. No, no, he, he he plays a trumpet. He's not a trumper. So that was you doing Ed McMahon? No, but, you know, that... The so original... you insulting a guest is still your favorite part 
No, that's when I felt like I hit my stride. I'm like, okay, that was you I'm out of my shell. That was you doing your inner Don Rickles. Maybe Don Rickles. Something. But I'm just saying, I didn't hold back. I let it all out on the mat. So that's that's you at your best. I don't know about at my best, but I, it's my most You at your worst moment. is you at your best. I wasn't at my worst. I wasn't at my worst. I felt I felt really good after that episode. Even though... <laughs> Even though I insulted a man to his face, I felt really good about it. How could you feel good about that? <laughs> I'm feeling good about it now. I, I, I wanna, know. I want to have him back and just say, listen, you weren't offended by that. It was, it was a good bit. It was for the good of the show. Even though I didn't try to make it a bit, it was just good for the show. Mm, mm, mm. Well, in the... Since then, you've tried to tell people who they look like a couple of times, and we've had to shut you down. <laughs> ben, what, what, what do you think your prime, prime cut Ben riser? My best moment, personally, mine? Sure. Jesus, I don't know. The episodes where you do the roving reporter? Oh, I think that first time that I did that uh, song imploder. Oh, song imploder. You're listening to Song Imploder, where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made, and then talk shit about those songs and make you embarrassed you asked about them in the first place. My name is Ben Reiser. Local H is an American rock band from Zion, Illinois, originally formed in 1990. This year marks the 20th anniversary of their fourth album, Here Comes the Zoo. And for this episode of Song Imploder, I spoke with singer-songwriter-guitarist for the band, Scott Lucas, and former road manager, current merchandise seller, and tambourine specialist, Gabe Rodriguez, about a song from that album, Keep Your Girlfriend. Here's something. Gabe, I'm going to just, I'll, I'll read, I'm going to read off the names of these episodes, and as somebody who hasn't really listened to a lot of them, Share what, if anything, you remember about these episodes, okay? What they mean to you. Sure. First of all, we had our pilot episode. Do you remember how it felt to be doing this for the first time? That was more of a, this is your life. Yeah. To me. And I had no clue it was coming. Unlike other times when Scott put me on the spot. (laughs) This time he put me on the spot for real and I couldn't go anywhere. I was in the spotlight on our very first episode where he so says, I want, you to, I want you to be my Ed McMahon. Would you like to do it? And I said, Scott, you know we've been talking about this for 25 years. And he's like, no, we haven't. I said, yes, we did. We, we were going to do a cable access show on video of something like this. And he didn't even remember it. He still doesn't remember it. That's, that doesn't sound like something I'd ever No, we were going to do it to. back in the days when... the. There was a cable access show in Zion. You said, let's let's do a show. You'll be Ed McMahon and I'll be Johnny Carson. Was I there during this conversation? Yes. I remember it like it was 25 years ago. Anyway. Uh, I had fun during that show, but I was more of a nervous fun. Uh, it was a little, a little weird. Okay, but then episode two was Juliana Hatfield. Wasn't that even more nerve-wracking? Oh, I was definitely nervous. That's like, you know, you're afraid. She's not my hero, but, you know, she's she's someone I've always admired over the years. 
And if I had a chance to sit down and talk to her, I don't know what I'd say. And here we are, episode two. I recall you didn't say anything to her. I might have said a few things about my favorite song that of hers that I've had over the years. Stuff like that. But You said, uh, Ms. Hatfield. <laughs> well, Juliana, thanks for doing this. Gabe, any questions? Oh, I had a whole list of questions, but I, 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 those are just fanboy questions. I just well, come just, on, come on. Sure, is there any, <laughs> anything else you want to ask me? Oh, uh, you say she's not your hero. Who is your hero? Hero? I don't, I don't know yeah. if I have. I can say who's my hero, but my the person I've looked up to the most as a singer. I know performer? me. I know. I know. <laughs> we don't have to go through this again. Remember, we're going to do a whole TV show about it. No, 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 no. Hero? I, I, I don't know. Idol? Person I looked up to that's famous, that's a, a musician or something? Can we guess? Sure. Can we, we, Scott and we I get, take a we guess? We understand what it is. I'm trying to <laughs> narrow it down. Um, Glenn, Glenn Danzig? I was going to say Glenn Danzig. It might be the most... Ah, fuck! Th- but After 100 episodes, a, I feel like I knew Gabe. He would be a tough interview. He would be a real tough interview. Glenn Danzig's your hero? No, the person I would looked up to the most as a as a singer, as a performer, as a artist, as a person who's taller than you. Oh no, he's not. <laughs> I stood next to him. He's not taller than me. We might be the same height, maybe. All right, what episode about three. Oh god, episode three. Guest list in the Bronx. Does anybody remember what happened on that episode? I think that was probably the episode where things started to click. So you That's were in the Bronx, right? You must have been in the right. Bronx. Yes. And that was the episode where uh, Gabe's persona started to come out a little bit more. My persona? Is that yeah, I don't know. No, 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 that's not what I mean. Our uh, chemistry started to click on that episode. I remember listening to that going, oh, this is going to work. That's a big coffee mug you got there. Yeah, are are you gonna are you gonna break out some uh, some tacos, burritos, you, some when did you start drinking coffee? Oh, I don't drink coffee. I started drinking coffee when I became a podcaster. I guess um, <laughs> that's kind of what you've got to do. We got to get uh, you a, a Lifers podcast coffee mug. You just want to sell Lifers podcast coffee mugs, don't you? Well, that's beside you know the the benefit of it. But yes, it, I it do. goes without saying. How was how was movie night last night? Did you? Get around to King of Staten Island. Oh, what the hell did we watch? Oh my God, I don't even remember the name of the movie. Uh, somebody from the show Girls was in the movie. She was in her underwear <laughs> show, and these dudes were—I don't remember the names of these movies because it doesn't show in the beginning anymore. You don't know what you're watching. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand anything like, you just? Do you have a thing where you skip the? You have the thing where you skip the opening credits now as well as the closing credits? No, I mean. Wait a minute. My wife starts, she starts the movie. She picks oh, okay. it. I don't know what we're watching. It's just whatever she wants. And, okay. and there we go. And then I'm like, well, that was good or that was bad. And I don't know what it was. So Never. Elizabeth Berkeley from Showgirls is in the movie and she's in her underwear. Is that what you no, said? No, not Elizabeth Berkeley. Gina Gershon? Gina Gershon. No, 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 no. Somebody oh. from, the t- from the TV show, Girls. Do you remember the HBO show? Oh, oh not from the Showgirls. Show girls. <laughs> not Showgirls. You, you really do sound like Hunter S. Thompson when you talk to us about <laughs> Showgirls and the Showgirls. So somebody from the Showgirls was in it. Oh, 
Uh, was it she's David a, Mamet's was, kid? Zosia Mamet? I don't know. She's British. She has a British accent. Oh, right, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. The pregnant girls. I don't know this girls. And who else be terrible. is in the movie? I'd be terrible on your movie podcast because I don't remember this stuff. I mean, the thing about Gabe, uh, and, and let's get off the subject of Gabe here, but the, the thing about Gabe is people will come up to me all the time and go, Gabe's really funny. That's an act, right? That's not... He knows what he's doing, right? He, 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 it's a bit, and he gets it, right? I said, well, <laughs> you're half right. It's not a bit. Scott, how many times you did lean we go into out this? Back in the day. Back in the day. Think back now. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking. We're at Double D's in Waukegan. Go- oh, yeah? How sure. many times did I roll on the floor laughing at a joke that I said myself? <laughs> Or something just came up and it was just cracking me up so much I could not stop laughing. Sure, but half the time when you say stupid things, uh, I'm not saying you don't ever not say stupid things, but I'm saying half of the time when you say those stupid things, you know they're stupid things. And the other time I'm thinking them, I'm not saying them out loud, and they're funny in my head. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. This, this, uh, this yokel act you got going is just that. Yoko. I don't want to deconstruct it too much. <laughs> it's not an act. It's, it's me. It's me. Well, I feel like you're both saying the same thing. I feel like Gabe is saying, that's me in real life. I'm always trying to make jokes and crack myself up and crack other people up. So I think Gabe is saying, yeah, I, uh, at least half the time, I'm saying stuff that's funny and I know it's funny. Like I'm getting uh, when you say somebody's name, I'm 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 saying the wrong name, and I I'm doing that deliberately to be funny. When when Gabe does that, yes, yeah, it's deliberate, right? But some people have a hard time, right, uh, differentiating that Gabe from the real Gabe. I have a hard time differentiating that Gabe from that Gabe <laughs> from myself. Uh-huh. I don't know if Paul Rogers and Roger Waters. I don't know who's who sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you do. In and my see, mind, it takes a, a few seconds. A little, that's a little bit that you like to do. <laughs> that's an old warhorse, an old chestnut of yours. But you know. Anyway, you get my point. I'm the Yogi Berra of 2022. But it, it, on the other hand, there's this side of him that came out recently that you know is an example of, I think, this is the real Gabe. Like, out of the 100 movies that Pat Healy's been in... The one that Gabe has seen is Take Me, which is probably the one that nobody else has seen. That seems to me like the other side of Gabe. Because all Gabe does is watch movies on Netflix. He doesn't watch them anywhere else. Right. And that's the one Pat Healy movie that's on Netflix. Right. What'd you watch the other day that you didn't like, Gabe? Glass Onion. Ooh, that was horrible. (laughs) Okay, so what's her name? What's the girl's name? I don't Juliana? know. No, no, no. Janelle Monet. You know who's in that movie? Janelle Monet. I don't Kate even Hudson. know who that is. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. I was told there's a nice scene of her in an orange bikini. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's watch this movie. Now this is Gabe. This is a real Gabe. <laughs> I barely made it to that part of the show. It was terrible. But you made it there, and then you said, "Fuck this." Yes. Ooh, so you're saying here. it wasn't a good scene? I don't remember. It was just, okay, I was half asleep. I can't stay awake anymore from movies, even sitting at home. 
who is your bikini whisperer? Who is it in your life who tells you when there's a bikini scene to be seen on Netflix? He goes on a bikini whisperer. Oh, he goes on a website. He goes on a website. <laughs> no, I don't go on a website. It just it was in my feed somewhere. Somebody mentioned something. It was they were talking about her in the <laughs> orange bikini. That's it. That's all you need. No, it, Glass Onion is a Beatles song. I'm thinking, okay, it's got an all-star cast. Maybe I'll like the show. The movie was terrible. Most of the time when there's an all-star cast in a movie like that, it's terrible. Did you see Beckman. the first one of those movies? Did you see but Knives those seem to be the only movies that you watch. You only, you only get roped into these movies because the stars are in them. And then you sit there and you complain that they're terrible. And then you do it over and over again. You know what that is? That's crazy. That's insanity, my friend. I'm Watching trying to... the same movie over and over, expecting to be entertained. <laughs> I just don't know who gets the funding to make these movies that are right, so, so bad. The first 10 episodes. All... Okay. The next episode was, was what? Andy Gerber? Along... Andy Gerber. The long, longest interview at that point that we had done. Like, where we went really into it with him. My first memory of Local H is Joe telling me, as my bands would load in and load out, about the band. And then I think you guys played with uh, an early version of Rust Bucket when you guys were, I think, a three-piece still at that point. Yeah, like with Like in DeKalb or something. Yeah. And then we played, like Art Harrison had that birthday party where he wanted all his favorite bands, and it was like Laughing Man and Local H. And that's when I first, like, you know, Joe had been telling me about the band, and then, like, you know, I was like, okay. And Ellen actually told me about the band, too. So I was like, okay, you know, they've been, see if they live up to the hype. And sure enough, you guys were fucking awesome. And then the fifth episode was the utterly incoherent, impotent Frankenstein of half-baked ideas. So that was us talking about that Genesis song. Uh, what was that song? If it's going to get better. Scott, I got to say, I feel like this long version clarifies a bunch of things. <laughs> it totally clarifies a bunch of things. And in the, in the process, it all also makes it a lot less interesting <laughs> to me. Sure. <laughs> yes. But I think it makes clear that, this, that after the intro, this, the, 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 it does start. This is a song that starts with its chorus. Yes, and that, that 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 major key part of it is is the chorus, and then there's this outro thing, which is this melody that we haven't heard before, and it's cool. I mean, and I think there's lots of songs that do that, like have like an outro that is more soaring, and it's uh, a. You know. I mean, can can we call it a coda? It's kind of a coda. It could be a coda, mm-hmm. yeah. But I I think it. We could also call it a bridge, and I think that opens up a whole new. Obsession, Gabe. Uh, songs that end with the bridge. End with the bridge. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even know where to start with this one. I, I, you're blowing my mind here. I, I don't know where you're <laughs> But we can call those bridges to nowhere because the song ends and they don't go in. They don't take you anywhere. Exactly. It's off exactly. the edge of the album. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so hard to figure. Like, somebody told me It's Too Late by Carole King is a song that ends with the bridge. And I can't even think of that right now. But one song that I can think of is Running Scared by Roy Orbison. And that kind of ends with the bridge. Like, all of Roy's songs would sort of end and leave you completely hanging. Like, he'd push you off yeah. the goddamn bridge. Yeah. 
And we when haven't was done last that time since. You, when was the last time you listened to that song? I think you guys cured me of it. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Thank God. We need to do another uh, song analysis like that. And I, I, I will pick the song if you want me to. Yeah, pick the song. We got to pick a Def Leppard song with three or four choruses in it. All of them. Oh, either foolin' or let it go something. Definitely foolin'. It's like, okay, I, I hear the chorus. Now I hear the pre-chorus. Where's this? And what's this post-chorus? We gotta mm-hmm. do something like that. We can do foolin'. I got no problem with that. All right. All right. So Andy Gerber, uh, I think that tipped us off that producers have a lot to say. And I think that held out. Every time we've had a producer on the show, it's been a long one. Right. And the longest one was what, Jeff Murphy? Yeah. Now, I, at the time we did the Jeff Murphy episode, that was definitely my favorite. And it was also the one where we were editing, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this down to like an hour and a half. And that's about that point, I was like, fuck it. Let this be a three hour episode. And we haven't done that since then, but, uh, but that worked out all right. You guys made so much noise. I mean, my guy, for two guys, you made a lot of noise. Mm. But it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful big noise. That's the way I described it to somebody once. I said it's this wonderful big noise. The the drums were louder than I'd ever heard anybody hit a drum before. Your guitar was like this massive thing, and then you did the the bit without a bass guitarist. That was really unique. And I was I was amazed at how now now Gabe see that's where you came in you came in and did some things in the earliest days D- did you play bass on anything No I actually never never played bass and never played an instrument with the guys I just I just came up and did some junk on and live you know he played tambourine I, I was gonna say I thought he did some percussion in this he played yeah, tambourine was, yeah yeah I was yeah. I was the, the clown with the with the uh, toys on stage. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the uh, um, uh, the gigantic in Gabe we trust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's also yeah. He's our mascot. He's our Eddie. <laughs> I guess. And and you know the thing is, you guys had a different angle. Record companies love that when there's something different about a, a band that they can say, oh look, look, they don't have a bass player. Oh look, it's only two guys. Or right, they like it, it until they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it beca- yeah. because it makes their job easier. When we were with Electra, we were there in the best of times and the worst of times. Right. Because they were fat with cash in the 70s because of the, the label we were on had didn't have a lot of bands signed to Electra, but they were very successful bands. The Cars. With, like who? Okay, the Cars. Uh, Eagles. Um, right. Uh, they had uh, Queen. They had... Um, um, Electra and Asylum are the same label, but they had merged. So, so anything that was on Electra was the same as Asylum. They asked us what label we wanted to be on, and we thought Electra was hipper than Asylum. Asylum was more Southern California, so right. a Jackson Brown, you know that kind of stuff. So um, they'd heard Black Vinyl Shoes, yes, and they were like, "We can do something with this." Yeah, the 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 guy that signed us. Was, which blows my mind. And that was recorded on four track too, as well. That was right? recorded on a four track. I'm sorry I, to keep harping on it, but it's just it, it, the four track stuff sounds so 
goddamn good. I don't know how you did it. I, oh, thanks. I, I'll let it go now. Well, you know, the thing is, we had developed a a technique by then, because by the time we did Black Vinyl Shoes, it really was our fourth album of recording, you know, on that right. machine. So we learned a sequence of events. If we charted things out, how many instruments we could fit on four channels by uh, ping pong, what we call ping ponging or bouncing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beatles, you know, if you read any of the Beatle recording books, which I pour over that stuff, they, they call them reductions. What the Beatles would do is they would get a four track machine. They would fill all four channels with different instruments. They would bring in a second four track machine and then mix those four channels down onto one channel of the other machine. Now you weren't doing that though, were you? We only had one machine. So (laughs) what we could do is you could take and you could, after you recorded uh, three of the channels, you could mix them together onto that fourth channel Mm. within the machine itself. There were certain limitations. You couldn't go to an adjacent channel. You couldn't go from one to two or from three to four um, without some issues. So we developed this this schematic of how to record thing at a certain time. Okay, this is going to be what end up on the left channel. It was a really tedious thing, but but we got pretty good at guessing because, you know, you're 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 recording things in pieces. So there's no bass yet and there's no lead mm. guitar yet. So how loud do you make the tambourine? How mm. loud do you make the background vocals? You had to guess all that because they didn't exist yet. Right. And um, we got pretty good at guessing. Well, um, uh, we didn't cut much out of Pat Healy. Of all the episodes, I think my favorite story was uh, Pat Healy's Steven Spielberg story. That was a pretty good one. I've told that a couple of times since then. And I passed it off as my own. So yes, I was in Steven Spielberg's office. I had just finished Take Me, and I was about to go to New York to premiere it. And I got a call one morning, and my agent said, when do you go to New York? And I said, uh, Thursday. And he said, no, you're not going on Thursday, because Steven Spielberg wants to meet you on Thursday. Oh, God. So that, that was like a week ahead of time. And it was like, I, I was like telling the Rite Aid cashiers, you know, that I was going to meet Steven Spielberg. Right. I mean, it was like, yeah, just going to meet him. And then got on the lot. What Universal. are you buying this gum for? Well, I'm going to meet Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's kind of amazing because the scene and did you did you guys see the Fablemans? Yeah. The scene where he's sitting in, in the office that he realizes is John Ford's office. Right. Yeah. He, uh. With the exception of I knew I was in Steven Spielberg's office, it was it, it was the exact same feeling. Like the hair raised on the back of my neck in that scene. Yeah. You're just sitting there and suddenly you're just like, you're just fucking, you're in the conference room at, at Amblin. Yeah. And then he walks in and again, it's like, what, <laughs> what? And then, you know, maybe there's like two or three minutes. Then just sitting, talking about movies and, his movies and our movies and, and the post and the character and, and, and all of these things. And, and, uh, you know, it was like 40, 45 minutes and it was getting towards the end. He had to go take a call. I think his dad was, you know, something, one of his dad's doctors or something. His dad, his dad was still alive at that point. His dad was on the set. His dad was a hundred years old. Yeah. He was on the set at the monitor. And so, um, so, uh, Towards the end of the conversation, I said, so if we do this, because he had s- sort of said it's going to be in May and this was happening soon. I said, 
So, so if I do this, it'll be, and he goes, Oh, you're in the movie. I just wanted to meet you. And I started crying uh-huh. involuntarily and he uh-huh. hugged me <laughs> and he left. And the woman from, her name escapes me now, but the woman from DreamWorks casting was there who was sort of escorted me into the room. And she said, I've seen this happen so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so many of my friends and fa- afterwards were like, did you see, did you see uh, Rosebud? Did you see Rosebud? And I was like, what? And they're like, Rosebud, it's in the conference room. And I was like, I didn't fucking see Rosebud. I didn't see anything <laughs> except for like what was right in front of me, man. I mean, the only bit that has lasted uh, was the Iron Maiden replacements bit. And when did that start? Did we figure that out? No. Let's look at some of these. When did that start? That would have started... Uh, who would we have asked first about that? It John McCauley, maybe? It couldn't have been Juliana, because I don't think we asked her about that until the yeah, we didn't second until time. Yeah. Right. So Did we ask Juliana? The second time we did. The second time. Oh, my she God. She was like, I don't know who that is. Right. Oh, right, right. Uh, we didn't ask Dave Perner. I wouldn't have even tried. I would have left that one alone. Did you guys ask for Rick? Might have even invited him by asked uh, Rick Froberg? I don't think so. No. No, no. Gabe was too terrified. We didn't ask Michael Bland, did we? I don't think so. I would have left yeah, that but, alone. Yeah, but the question is, when did, it, when did that shit start? Well, I know Kelly Way was complaining that it didn't come up with her, and so it must have been after her. We didn't ask your dad. Did we ask Troy Van Leeuwen? Did we ask Troy? No, I don't think so. We didn't because we didn't ask James Van Osdall. I think we asked Brian Blackinger on Thirty Six. Crow's Nuts did lean metal. Especially mm-hmm. in the Naperville store did. Well, I, Crystal did too. But no, we, we were all over the place. You'd have replacements for Gabe on there. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. No. Here it goes. But you, you also carried me. Oh, it's okay you when know, Brian you, says it? Is that a deal? Motherfucker. Uh, that's going to be a thing. No. I'm sure you had the maiden uh, in the rack as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But on the tapes, I mean, you go from, you know, maiden, older maiden to conquer blonde to, you know, bang tango and then back to replacements or whatever. It, it was all over. Yeah, always back to replacements. So road report number two, which I think is our drunkest episode. And when I use the royal hour, because I was not drunk, but uh, that was three days of the Wyndham. I can't believe that was only our second road report. With Janine. Yeah. Yes. I, w- I would say that is our drunkest episode. Chipotle beats Ranchero. No, no, no beats us. No, she said beat. beats. Beats. Wins over. So Gabe hates. But I really love actually mixing all of the sauces together. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mix everything together. I so just love on. all of the things. You do like a good yeah. mole. So Ryan's got a uh, a David Lee Roth. I tell you all about it. <laughs> Go ahead, let's see. Sauce. You know, uh, Harding on the sound effects. Well, you know. All I've got, I had to steal. But when you get that ranchero <laughs> sauce, it's. God damn it, baby. 
<laughs> All I ever want, though, is something covered in cheese sauce. Oh, on taco of old smoky. Oh, yeah. On taco on taco old smoky. <laughs> yeah, on taco old smoky. All I ever want right, is so something covered in cheese sauce, what, and then what, we can call it a day. All right. So, all right, tour manager, what's the plan for the rest of the night? Are we keep drinking? What's going on? No, we're going to go have a barbecue party outside uh, the barbecue. bus. barbecue. And we're going to go watch a movie draped over a... We tried. Yeah. I, I couldn't get it working. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't. Then I think it's a hotel pool party no. to, you know, drown our sorrows in right, some in. woe for I'm our in. show that we don't Thanks have Thanks for doing this. Thank you guys. Thank you. This is highly unexpected. I just ordered Domino's with a Cinestick. What was it unexpected? Did, did we? Yeah. Are we making you mad or are you are you okay? I can never be mad at you guys. I know you can't be mad, but is there something that we should say and then walk away from this? Some David Lee Ross should say. So, are you a Van Halen fan? Is my question. All right. What do you think of Iron Maiden? I think very little of Iron Man. Oh, that's it. Uh, that's the mic drop. What? She, no, uh, that's it's over now. Uh, you had me. All right, so Janine, how about so you know, how about the replacements? I love the replacements. Oh, so uh, no, so you know you know uh, Charlie Watts died today, right? <laughs> I do know that. And that's you know that Charlie sad. Watts is the greatest drummer of all time, right? I don't know how to <laughs> respond to that. But I'm sure. Just say yes. Yes. What's your favorite Charlie Watts? I don't know how to answer that either. <laughs> then why did you want to talk about Charlie Watts? I didn't. You brought him oh up. Oh my god! You're the one ending on tragic shit. Not our highest episode, which of course we all know was later on. Hottest? Oh, highest. highest. Oh yeah, yeah, highest. yeah, yeah. No. No, not uh, highest. We might have asked it. Here's the thing. I think there were a couple episodes where Gabe and I were going back and forth about. I, there was this thing about would I listen to Iron Maiden if he would listen to the replacements? Because the whole thing was he'd never listened to them. So would that have come up in Guestless and the Bronx? Maybe. It, but no. it took a while before we actually turned it into a question for guests. And I don't know how that happened. Somebody out there must know. Let us know yeah. in the comments when we started this. Yeah, but we had a. We, with the whole Solar Salem tour that was happening. Was replacements heavy, you know, between all the guests we had. So they were a topic, and I'm like, hold on a second. Who cares about the replacements? So you think that's when it happened? That's when I basically put my foot down and said, hold on a second. We, we, who, who are these replacements? And who did Come they on. replace? Episode 38, Road Report number 7, A Day Off in New York City with Justine McMahon. I know that's a fan favorite. All right, let's hear your uh, what we do in the shadows impersonation. Don't touch the bass. Okay. You can hear it. Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Did, okay, so wait. In order for me to remember, what did the guy yell in the street? And I don't that's... know. This is your thing. This is your oh. turn. To, this is your time to shine. Walking down the street, and Jesse's like, "Oh my God, I do a great impersonation of this guy." And I'm like, "Can we just get to the movie, please?" Nandor, what are you doing? No, Put just, it down. You sound more like yeah. Count Chocula. I think you lost it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what are you doing over there? No, see, now I lost it. Yeah, I know. You sound like the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah. What? One, two. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. 
Don't worry, we'll cut it out. Thank you. Um, I I lost it. I had it. It was. It sounded really good today, actually. I don't think it's possible for anyone to embarrass themselves on this what show. What are you doing? What's your best impersonation? My best impersonation would probably be Scott Lucas. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Hello! That's you. Oh, I went Is that me? That's what I sound yeah. like? Are you with us? <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? She's got you pretty the... good there, Scott. She's got yeah, you pretty good. She does have Thank you really you. good. You know what's a popular episode? Is West Kid. West Kid. West Kid is important because of the shit stories. There's been a lot of poo stories over the 100 episodes. But which one's the best? Well, right. I mean, there's at least three different episodes where we get different. It's like the Rashomon story of that night, that shit story. And who was the first person to tell us? Herb? Yeah, definitely Herb. Had to be Herb. Where were we? Go- what were you we going with that one? I'm, I lost it. <laughs> what was oh, the God. Oh, the shit! No, Brian. Yeah, fucking Brian. Okay, so we're staying at um, we're staying at the Park Central Hotel, and uh, I it, it, this is a good lead up to this story. So I had been banished. You know, we never had any money for more than one hotel room. So it was me and Brian in one bed, and Wes and Mike in another bed. And so uh-huh. I had been banished to the floor because I lived with my girlfriend at the time. We were on the road because Brian woke up and I was like cuddling him and kissing his arm. <laughs> so he totally freaked out. He totally freaked out and I got banished to the floor. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I would probably be bummed too. And so, so I'm sleeping in between the beds at this thing. And, I, and like I said, it was a horrible night. We're on all kinds of fucking drugs. And uh, not a horrible night. It was a great night. But I wake up and, oh no, I, I'm not. Wes wakes up first, and I wake up to Wes going, poop on the floor, poop on the floor, poop on the floor, poop on the floor. And I'm like, what? And I wake up, and it's at my fucking feet, and I've been, like, kicking it. In my sock, I, I fell asleep with my socks on. I've been, I've been kicking, so there's, like, poo all over my fucking socks. And, and I'm like, and, and I have, I've had, like, shit problems my whole fucking life. I mean, I'm the shitter. So I just assumed it was me. You know, I was like, uh, and I took the fucking blame. I cleaned it up with the room service menu. They're all yelling at you. They're like, Herb, you shit on the floor. Right. And I, and well, I, 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 get, I guess like, I did. So I, I probably did. So I, I, so that that was the story. So I, I shit on the floor. I assumed motherfucker Brian St. Clair, who was our drummer at the time and was, you know, in, in local age for a long time, too. Afterwards. Motherfucker. We're, I forget we're in a van. So I don't know why we were in a van together. Maybe with you. I, I can't remember. But he, like, ate. Years later, he fucking fesses up that he shat on the fucking floor on purpose. Fucking cunt. Fuck you, Brian. I hope you're listening. So did he just start laughing? And you're like, what, what yeah. are you laughing well, no, at? No, it, it's one of those weird old things. Like, again, it was like six or eight years later. And I remember I was in the back of a, of a van and he was in either driving or in the front seat. And he just kind of out with it. You know, he's like, I got a confession to make. You know, I, <laughs> motherfucker. And I mean, it's a pretty funny joke. But. And then we, it was Herb then- and then it was Wes. It might have been Australia that killed it all. Right. I mean, a lot of my memory is gone. And well, from, what, your, from your episode with Herb, 
<laughs> some of his memories gone too. Some, some of the details of the poop uh, night at the hotel seemed a little. Well, what do you what do you remember of the poop night at the hotel? Well, the poop night at the hotel started with a big party at this at some fancy club where I started a conga line by holding a plant. <laughs> And we got the whole crowd to do it along with the members of Blondie and all these bands through the club and we we're all fucked up. We go back to the hotel, go to sleep. That guy Carcass was with us at the time. He was yeah. a roadie. Um, and then I wake up to Michael Connell laughing hysterically, tapping me, tapping me going, someone pooped on the floor, someone pooped on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Carcass had left. So we blamed it on Carcass for years, I think. Uh And I don't think Herb talked about that, but the poop was, there was a huge pile directly between the two beds. (laughs) And then little nuggets had made their way over to Herb's area. So that's why Herb also took some of the blame. (laughs) Well, Brian set that up pretty good. Yeah, oh dude, I don't know what the fuck that guy did. I mean, he cleaned himself up, but didn't bother to pick up the huge pile of shit he took in the middle of the fucking hotel room. And then it was Brian. Was it Brian? That was the first person, the first other witness? No, Brian was the third witness that we talked to. Yeah, but he was the, the one after Wes. Brian was the perpetrator. Was that it, Gabe? Was that your big no, question? No, no, we can't leave this hanging out there. It's like a, it's like a dingleberry waiting to get wiped <laughs> that hasn't been wiped. So listen, Scott, you know the whole story. Bring it up. What? Let's get it out in the open here. There's a, there's a story. Oh, there's a story about Rice the Accused when someone right. in a hotel room did some stuff that was fi- kind of filthy. Scott, go ahead. Here's the whole reason we have you on the show. You're here to clear it up. Who <laughs> left the poo in the hotel room next to Herb's head? It was, it was next to his feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wasn't next to his head. All right. Spoken like a man who did it. Go on. Um, what did Herb say happened? <laughs> well, here's, it's like Rashomon at this point. But Herb said that it was you. Uh. Wes Herb said, said it was Herb you. said everyone said that they accused Herb. Herb took the That's blame. That's not for true. It. That's not true. Herb owned up to it. Before anybody could even say well, anything. He wasn't sure. No, well, what first happened, you guys thought it was Carcass. Because Carcass left. Oh, so you thought right. it was probably Carcass. Okay. And, I and forgot then, about Carcass. And then they said, Herb, well, why did you do that? Because he's and then Herb goes, Well, I guess I did. He didn't yeah. own up to it. He said, Well, I guess it must have been me, because that sounds like something I would do. But it wasn't him, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> so I don't know how many years later we played this game called Truth Time. Uh-huh. And um, I just out of the blue said, truth time, I pooped. <laughs> and Herb gave me the biggest Charlie horse in my arm. I still feel it right now. So so what the fuck? Like, we just thought it'd be funny to do that. What was going on? No, um, we were we were having a good time in New York and we were staying at some place. I think it was called like the 
the star something hotel or something i don't know anyways and it's where all the bands would stay because they had parking on site and you got to back up against a wall and protect all your gear so we all went over there after one of our it was a uh, like a CMJ show or something. And there was a uh, party with a conga line involved. And I don't remember anything about okay. conga lines or parties. <laughs> all I remember is that we were all completely out of our minds. <laughs> and uh, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and running to the bathroom. <laughs> and then when I, after I was done, I realized that maybe something came out on my way to the bathroom. <laughs> so I took a shower. <laughs> I threw away my underwear. <laughs> Actually, they were boxer shorts. <laughs> Thank God. And so then, uh, and then I went back to bed. Next thing I knew, I heard like Wes screaming at her. <laughs> and so who was I to like, Sure. You know, I mean, Herb was already admitting to it, so I was like, "All right, cool. That's the end of it." How long did you hold the secret in for? I longer than the it crap. Was like, it was probably <laughs> at least two or three years. Oh, I thought it was like twenty. No, because it was Rice Cues were still a band, and we were on tour when I. This is this up. is this is Brian. He's like, you know, I don't want Dave Fry to to carry the load <laughs> of uh, triple fast action, but I don't care if Herb carries my load. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, yeah, I was the pooper. <laughs> the only other person that we would have to talk to from that night is Mike O'Connell. And that hasn't happened yet. So stay tuned. I mean, now what, the, yes, what other, the Rashomon what other, poop is good, but the best poop story is Paul Massaro's poop story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we did a show in New York, and I'd been fighting with Julie, my girlfriend at the time. Right. We were, like, living together, and um, we, like, broke up, you know, like, that day or something. And after the show, you know, I was, I was hanging out with Dave, uh, who was Gene Simmons tech. And uh, he was filling in for Tom and he's just the coolest dude. He's like long, he was like 50 back then or something, but he looked great. And he's like, now I'm taking you out. <laughs> and he was like Italian. And he takes me to like, I guess what was like coyote ugly in the movie, like the original yeah. hogs and heifers or I don't know what right, it was called. Right. <laughs> it was in the meat, it was in the meat district and yeah. it was, it was weird, you know? And we go in there. He's like, I got just the place. So we go in there and it is exactly what you see. Like the just beautiful girls in country outfits wearing like, you know, high shorts and all this stuff. And they're on the bar and they give you like, what do you want, honey? And, uh, you know, they're all in your face. So I was like a beer. And then he's like, get him a shot, too. So we were doing the whiskeys and like beer. <laughs> and uh, they would like pour the beer the shot down your throat and just like they were professionals like they were getting me shit-faced right and I, th I think we were there for about an hour and a half i probably had six shots and six beers mm. and dave's like and I, he looked over at me and he's like i gotta get you home yeah. he, he knew it had gone too far <laughs> so 
we get in the car. He sends me in a cab and he's like, take him to the, you know, the, I think it was the Warwick or something like that. A really nice hotel that Cheap Trick had. Oh, no. Staying in. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It had I to be pull, a nice hotel. Yeah. I fall out of the cab. I'm like, <laughs> get into the elevator, just holding on to the world. And I'm zigzagging down the hallway. Somehow I find my room. I get in and I immediately just like run to the bathroom and like throw up, you know, that was just like <laughs> that bad. And I throw up, go climb into like, you know, the 6,000 count giant comforter in a king size bed. And I pass out, um, have some weird dreams <laughs> where I, you know, I don't really remember what happened. And then I suddenly wake up from complete blackout of just alarms and phones and everyone's calling and people are banging on the door and i was just like i heard it for a long time before i actually came to like, <laughs> i opened the door and i'm like they're like what where are you dude we're leaving in five minutes and i was like oh you know it's just like what are those times where you you just like oh no so i, I hurry up get in the shower i look the bathroom's kind of destroyed so i kind of pick up the potpourri thing it's like by the shower there's just like sh it's kind of destroyed i noticed there was a little vomit gone on the shower curtain that was cloth and i was like who the fuck makes shower cloth curtains so i'm like washing that you know run downstairs get all my shit uh start doing sound check in jersey you know uh -huh. like where bon jovi would play i guess back in the day right you haven't gone far enough you're st yeah. still in jersey we're in jersey yeah. and uh you know, sound checks going, and I get a call on my phone, and this was like, I actually had a cell phone, I think, at the time, which was crazy, but uh, no one had cell phones back then. <laughs> and it's the tour manager, Carla, and she's just like, what the fuck did you do to that hotel room? I got a bill here for $1,100. Like, what the fuck did you do? And I was like, oh, $1,100, that's got to be wrong. Like, I cleaned the shower curtain, and, uh, you know, they're like, there's vomit on the comforter in the bed. <laughs> you destroyed the bathroom and you fucking shit all over the safe. And there's, they have to get hazmat suits in the, to clear the carpet out. And they're fucking, they're not going to let us stay here ever again. And I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, this is bullshit. Do you, I was like, do they got any footage or like pictures? Like, I really couldn't oh, believe it. I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I honestly couldn't believe it. But then I started remembering some stuff in my flashbacks of like what happened in the middle of the night. I know I got up at least. Yeah, I know I got up at least twice to like you know do the double expulsion where you're like, you know, you're sitting on the toilet and you're sh like throwing up in the garbage can at the same time. Uh, but then I also remembered there's two doors right in front of my bed. One was the bathroom, and the other was a walk-in closet with a safe in the floor. Just like a little <laughs> box that was just in. I was like the weirdest. I was like, that's a weird closet. It's like a safe on the floor. That's so weird. So it turns out uh, I shit and vomited all over that room on the safe. They had to get hazmat suits. That's where the $1,000 came in. They had to tear the carpet out so they could rent it again in a rush oh. job. And uh, I had to pay for it out of my pocket, which is a lot of money back then. And the worst part, and sort of the best part, was the band shows up that night. I thought I was fired. I was sweating, you know, hungover <laughs> as could be. And they just walk in for sound check, and I'm like, like really nervous. And they're like, "Is it safe?" <laughs> and they just kept coming at me with the best lines. And I, th I think Tom, even during the show, was like, 
Hey, Rick. <laughs> you ever? When's the last time you you met an adult who who shit in their own bed and shit in their pants? Like when they're a baby, right? Only babies do that, you know. He's just like giving me shit, and I just like. And I was like on a perch balcony right above them, so I couldn't hide. There was nothing I could do. And they just kept doing it for like the whole tour. I think it made their tour, so they didn't fire me, I think, because they just thought it was the best. <laughs> Gave them some fuel to make each other laugh. Even better than uh, the dude who pooped in the Devil Doors wall? Mike Lustig. Oh, That's Mike a- Lustig had a great poop story. Yeah, the guy who wiped his, wiped his hand on the Double Door wall. See, this episode is already starting to flesh <laughs> itself out. So to speak. That was probably like the most shows we ever did in a year. Uh, and we just seemed like we were just constantly on the road that year. And the final thing we were going to do, we were, we were home in New York and we were going to fly out into Chicago and we had to drive to Detroit and play and then drive back to Chicago um, and do a show at the Double Door, which was like a showcase kind of thing and mm-hmm. then fly, fly home. And uh, so we drove to Chicago, I mean, to Detroit, did our show. But when we left in the morning, we asked the hotel desk, like, can you give us, like, a fun, weird place to have breakfast? She she sends us to some (laughs) diner. And Dave and I were looking at the menu, and there's pork steak on the menu. And we're like, we got to get pork steak. Like, how how do you turn that down? So that's what we both ate, and I blame that because I didn't eat anything else the rest of the day. So anyway, so we go to Chicago. You know there's like a fancy restaurant next to the Double Door? Yes. You know okay, so we had dinner there with like record company people. Right. And we get, and I love like good restaurants, and that, that was always like a thing on the road was like if we could afford it, like right. find the good place and go. And I was really, I was excited to eat at this place, and we went. And I couldn't order anything. I was like, my stomach is like, something's wrong. And uh, <laughs> so I like struggle through dinner. I don't eat. I had like half a cocktail. And then everyone finishes up and we're going back to the double door. And this is like, and someone had flown in. I don't think Brett Gerwitz was there, but like there were high up people from American there and it was important that we do well, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> right. that, that, that was said to us. This that was a yeah. really important night. You guys, guys got to be good tonight. You guys can't do a man cow here. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're going down into the basement to the dressing room. And I'm like, and everyone's pouring in, you know, all the record company people. And like, this is their, oh, we're going to hang out in the dressing room, like that kind of thing. Right. And I'm like, I have to fart really badly. I'm going to just hang in this hallway. And let this go, and then I'll go in and talk to everybody. <laughs> so when I do that, I think something went wrong <laughs> with that, you know? Yeah. And uh, the only thing in my, like, stupidity, the only thing I could think to do was put my hand down the back of my pants <laughs> to see if I was okay. <laughs> I pull my hand out, and I'm covered, like, fucking... <laughs> so I'm horrified and I take my hand I'm horrified <laughs> yeah well it gets worse it gets way worse how can, how can it be? so oh, not knowing what to do I wipe my hand all over the wall 
in the hallway oh. of the club. <laughs> and I ran upstairs because there's no bathroom down there. Or maybe there is, but I... I didn't want to go near those. There people. is now, but there wasn't then. But they put one okay. in right after this happened. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> so I go up to the, not the bathroom by the stage, but the bathroom at the back of the club. I go into that one. Yeah. And I destroy the toilet, right? And when I take my pants down, my underwear, <laughs> my underwear, my underwear goes straight into a garbage can. Because it's, it's, you know, it's gone. useless. Yeah. Yeah. So I cut and, and my legs are like, I'm covered. And, and it's also, know? it's also evidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, but that's like this. the most public of the bathrooms at the double. Yes. Door, right. But there's no one really there yet. Mm. So, uh, but I'm still supposed to be on stage in like 90 minutes, yeah. you know? And so <laughs> I come out of the stall, but I, I know there's more to deal with, but I have to get paper towels and, and give myself like a sponge bath in the <laughs> stall. So I get paper towels. And at that moment, a security guard from the double door comes in to use the bathroom <laughs> and he goes for the stall. Like I'm at the sink getting paper towels. He goes walking into the stall, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't go in that. And he's like, why? I'm like, I'm using it. And he's like, are you getting sick? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And he's like, are you doing drugs? Like, he goes, smells like you're getting sick in here. And I'm like, no. Was it June? The month of June? No, I mean, was it the security guard <laughs> June? Oh, I, I didn't know them by name. Yeah. I don't know. Big, big uh, black guy. He was big. Yeah, I mean, he was just like your typical. Probably okay, June, So yeah. I somehow shook him and got rid of him. And I went in and I smelled like him. you're getting sick in here. Yeah. I mean, it was it, like. You get so I sponge sick? bath myself and I put it all in the toilet and it clogs. Of course. Flows. What, what was this wrong with I, you? I was panicking. Panic. It was total panic. And um, I thankfully had one extra pair of pants with me. And uh, so I clean up as best as I can, but my pants are soaked through. Like you can see it. <laughs> and I had to up, up walk out. <laughs> So I walk out of the club, I get into the van, I get the other pants, but I know the double door bathroom is out of commission. Because like, of you. Because of me. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom again. So I go into the fancy restaurant and it's packed. And I got to slide by people at the bar and I'm Literally. brushing up against people and rubbing against dresses and everything trying uh, to get through. And like Moby. I left those pants in that bathroom, destroyed that bathroom. I think I clogged that toilet as well. Uh, I think there are I, some people looking for you, so I'm going to text them right now. <laughs> uh, and it got, just got worse. Then I, I like I unhitched the van from the trailer, so I'm like, I have to find a CVS. and You get, shat and in I'm, the trailer? No, no, no. no. Okay. I'm like, I had to get a modium to make it through the show. Oh, my God. So... I start driving around Chicago <laughs> looking for an all-night drugstore, and I go in there, and I can't even go to that drugstore without asking to use their bathroom and having to go more. Like, it was endless. And I, like, I went up to the register with two gallons of water and a pack of Imodium. <laughs> like, like, the woman's looking at me like... But anyway, so I took, like, a triple dose of Imodium and got back to the club and played the show, and then I had to get on a plane after the show in those bands. Nah. Fly home. It was the best flight of your life. Oh, it was so bad. 
I thought you did uh, something. I thought you got on stage and then stupidly like did like a jump or something. Oh, uh, we were just joking. Like I told everybody, of course, when I got back, I'm like, this just happened. And then I'm like, I'm going to be jumping around. So if anything like, you know, comes flying at you, uh, here we go. <laughs> So it was just they were all well, laughing. I, I, I would like to say that this was a delight to talk to you, but <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, just those five poop stories themselves is going to take up a lot of space. Oh yeah, and you're imagining that we're going to this clips. Imagine if this episode is a, a hotel room floor. Mm-hmm. Those five stories is a huge pile of shit. <laughs> What about, uh, speaking of fetishes, <laughs> uh, uh, Ben's Enough's Enough fetish. We haven't heard about that in a while. I was thinking about that today. today. How so? And then I was like, well, it's been a long time since I dropped Enough's Enough on this show, and uh, I guess I learned my lesson. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I think that Ben's Bits, A Minute with, the, with Chips Enough is maybe... Was the nail in the chips enough coffin? I think I, I I don't I don't know if anyone if any episode has been listened to less than that, except maybe Steve Barton. So I, I did that and kind of that's how I learned to be in a band was like senior year. We played the talent show and then we went out and played um uh the Thirsty Whale, which was like this, uh-huh. you know, metal club in, yep. in the Burbs. And uh yeah. What are your thoughts and feelings about Enough's Enough? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I liked Enough's Enough when they came out. That first record, I did mm-hmm. like. Um, mm-hmm. Preach. Uh, yeah, like the the the. I think it was the one with the peace symbol on it. You know, the first record and it had this song for now. I remember that I always yep. loved. And we we wound mm-hmm. up playing a show with uh, Enough's Enough early on Fuck. in the Kill Hannah days. Nice. And and Chips Enough was friends with our lawyer, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, brother?" You know, like talking like that and everything. Right. And I'm like, and he's like. He, and then my, my singer's like, oh, yeah, the, you know, bass player was a fan of you guys, Greg, you know? And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I loved you guys. And he's like, what do you want to hear tonight? And I'm like, can you play for now? He's like, you got it. <laughs> so, yeah, side note. Anyway. Gaven Salts Max, we got... Uh, I will say it's been a long time since I've done a Ben's Bits, and there's been a couple of... You've made a couple suggestions in recent months about, hey, save this for Ben's Bits, and I just never seem to get to... It. Or some recent. You've got some bits li- lying around. I, I do have some bits. Uh, we've got the whole David Lee Roth thing hasn't made hasn't made an episode yet. Right. Okay, is there anything something. you want to say about that? I somehow I came across him covering his own music when he's trying to play. Everybody wants some. It's truly it bizarre. Was, it's like. How can you top that? Top the song, the original song, or or top how badly the how bad the cover is? Both. Yeah, but I want to get to the get to the right, chorus. I'm dancing night away. Everybody, we now, do chorus. everybody want some for the people so they can hear what initially uh, freaked us out, horrified us? What the hell is going on here? This is some moot spot in the wrong way. <laughs> God, you a man, a guy, I 
James doing his James doing his Colonel Kurtz impersonation. <laughs> I'd have to leave the room if this was on. Like, you can't watch it. You can't listen to it. All right, Ben wants to hear the chorus of dancing. Over. Yeah, whatever. All right. Here's what you do, Ben. Yeah. I don't know if Gabe has seen this. He should have. Uh, look up Van Halen on Ellen DeGeneres. I don't know if I have seen this or not. This, Gabe. This this will scare you straight. Is this the one that they, did, they didn't make it through the song? <laughs> oh, my God, Gabe. Who's playing the keyboards? They're on tape. <laughs> He's like Jim Carrey doing that vaudeville dance. Where's Michael Anthony? Are you kidding? He's been gone for years. Wolfie has been in his place. That's a big wolf. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Dancing like Jimmy Walker. <laughs> Who's the drunkest guest? Kelly Way. <laughs> Maybe I can answer that for you. I think. You know what? I think Kelly is needs a, to be a regular is, part of is the Is it panel. a five four? Is it a five four? Is that what we're looking at? A five four on that song? Whatever it is. <laughs> A fourteen, fifteen. What what were we talking about? <laughs> you know this better than anybody. Wow, you, you really listen no, to that I thing. Do. How many times you listen to this? I More do. than you, Gabe. You never listen to it. <laughs> yeah, Gabe. I never listen to it. I never listen to it. Why don't you? It's over. I don't have any part of the editing. You don't even send me the links anymore about the edits. Well, I gave up. It's like, it's, it's on like <laughs> it's on, it's on like Apple iTunes. You can just like. Yeah. Like it and subscribe. Exactly, and, right? Gabe. Yeah. Yes. Everybody, give, yeah. give it five stars. <clears throat> give it five stars, Gabe. Yeah, you could you could Jesus. listen to it and then give us an extra play. Come on, man. You don't even have to pay attention. Just beep, play it. No, I'm, I'm usually give us, working. Yeah. Usually working during the day, and I relax out of my office at night, so I, I don't really have the time to listen. Oh, to it. I I know, I know. <laughs> the rest of us who don't have anything to do all day. But but the point is, Gabe, you don't have to listen. You just have to hit play. You've already lived it. You're yeah. just putting you just need to give put us numbers on counts. there. Yeah. But Gabe, you don't Someday. listen to stuff at work. Like it's do you called sponsorship music at work. I listen to little music, but I, it takes it takes my concentration away from my work, so I, I can't do it. Uh, are you are you doing brain surgery, Gabe? Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm a data processor, so I have to concentrate on my screen. I, I sit at the desk all day. Wait, you're a data processor? That's my title. Well, I'm not te- technically I'm a data processor, but I'm a, I'm a mail list analyst. I work with mailing lists for a printing company. It's, it's boring work. That that sounds sexist. Wait, mail- you're yeah, a, sex- mail he, a mail list? He's a mail list. 
A yeah, male it's like a, it's like a feminist, but he's a maleist. <laughs> Male? Fuck you, Gabe. Like Fuck you. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's not get out of hand here. Mailing. Ooh. Mailing. Ooh. Mailing list. Let's see what. See Thanks what for doing. mansplaining. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. This is going south. This is going south. Does my interview with Herbert Shank Hall count? <laughs> Uh, I, I, it could, but it, it would have to be like, I think, I think he's right. And yours is a special sub honorable mention. Did you know you would wind up on stage tonight singing Led Zeppelin? Did you know in advance? No, I did not. I think it went poorly. I think it went yeah, great. Really? Who told you it went poorly? Sounded bad to me. I was happy to be invited, but no, I, I thought it was poor. But, and, You've got your own standards for yourself. No, no. Is you know how much I care ever? None. None ever. But? No, back in the day. Yes. And it's like sing, yeah, and the, yeah, and then all these little twists. But how the guy ruined the show again? I'm like, I, I almost apologized, and I was like, but not really. Fuck off. Anyway, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the interview. A great appearance as usual. Well, I mean, the worst episode <laughs> by far. By far. And not because of the guest. Because of because, us. Because of us. Why was it so bad? Why was it bad? Well, uh, I had planned to surprise you. And you did not like the surprise. Ben, ben blew the surprise, first of all. Like the day before, he sent an email. And it had Rick's fro- Rick on the email. And I saw what? it. Wait, he blew the surprise? Yes, it was either the day before or the morning before we were doing the episode. But I'm I working. I saw something about Rick Froberg on there. I'm like, hold on a second. Are we doing something with, about Rick Froberg here? And then something came up and his face, his name came up again. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I would have had a chance to prepare for this thing. I mean, come on. I mean, you know the, his bands pretty well. Just ask him a question. Yeah, but I want to prepare. I want to have the question. Out. You never prepare. <laughs> is this something that this is something you want to do? What is it with Drive Like Jehu and emo bands? What is it? Yeah, like every time you know you have to ask somebody bring, else. I don't know. People will bring up emo all the time, and I, I I don't know I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe I don't know what emo is. Um. I don't know. I think we check a lot of the boxes for emo. It's like loud, lots of dynamics, lots of histrionics. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see why people call us that, but we weren't, at the time, there was no, the only emo, the only time I'd heard that word level that someone was right to spring. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't be bummed out to be associated with them at all. <laughs> no, yeah. I no. thought they were amazing. Um, but uh, after that, I think, I think, we might be sort of the you know, progenitors of that sort of, um, but we do, we just we like you know we like listen like you know rock music. We we, we weren't like I don't know. there wasn't any emo bands for us to really get into unless you count right. that to spring. 
You ran a fanzine though, right? I did have a fanzine, yeah. I only had it was only like two issues, but um, I did a good job on it. <laughs> I, I had it offset print and everything, and I, and I really sweated the layout, and I even got some of the art with typeset. Very expensive myself. What was the What was the name of the fanzine? It was called Subculture, which is name, but that's what it's called. And this is pretty early in my punkiness, <laughs> so it's kind of dumb. I did a zine back in the early '90s, and I, I was selling them for like seventy-five cents or a dollar. I think the last one was a dollar fifty. How'd you print it? I uh, I grew up in a print shop, and my dad worked as a printer, a pressman, and I had him do it after hours. So yeah, sweet. That's so sick. Is that is that where you got your interest in graphic design? Uh, I don't know. I guess so. I guess that is. I guess that is where I got my interest in graphic design because it's the first thing I ever did like that, apart from make some flyers, which is, uh, um, I guess, kind of graphic design. <laughs> um, and I was always, you know, I, I was through, um, but actually designing things and putting things together like that was new and it was a cool experience. I learned a lot and I actually ended up getting a pretty real job out of it, which is good. To this day, you still do that, right? What do you guys predict the next hundred will be like? (laughs) Hundred? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, who would you like to see on the show in the future, Gabe? Other than Walter. And I don't know why you'd want Walter on at this point, because I am going to embarrass the fuck out of you. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get John Reese on the show, Speedo, but that would be my ultimate coup. Who? John coup? Reese, Speedo. Coup? <laughs> my ultimate coup. C O U P. Your coup de gras. Is uh, he your hero? No, he'd be the one person I'd like to get on the show. Not for any reason other than to, to be able to laugh at the jokes that he tells. Knowing that he will never give you a straight answer on anything. You'll ask him something and you, you, you're never going to get a straight answer. I mean, after getting roughed up that much by Rick Froberg, I, I have no idea why <laughs> you'd go back for seconds. I don't know. It's like uh, sitting at the dunk, the dunk tank. You oh, know? Here we go. You know go you're going to get wet, but you want to sit there waiting for the time that someone hits it and you fall in the water. I didn't know you like to get wet. I like the drunk, the dunk, the dunk tank. I like it. I like the idea of it. What about you, Ben? Who do you want to get on the show? Besides uh, Chip. Uh, I, we still need to get Tommy Stinson on this show. Oh. Who? Uh, we, we can ask him. He might actually prefer Iron Maiden to the replacements at this point. No, coup. That would be his coup. That would be his ultimate coup. <laughs> And I think uh, I, I think it might be fun to get Chris Ballou from President of the United States on this show. Oh man! <laughs> why would why? That would just be uncomfortable for the rest of us. You, yeah. We, oh my! It God. would be uncomfortable for you. It would be like watching. 
because I, I would know. I would be watching and waiting for you to sort of not Slowly blow up. Slowly I turned. Yeah. But just kind of, <laughs> all right, here it comes. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I would, I would apologize to him about the whole thing. I feel like a dick about it now. Wow, that's. I'm not holding a grudge. That embarrasses me even more. Yeah. So Ben wants Chris. Aren't there any feuds that you have had long running and would like to just sort of settle on the show? Hmm. Don't you want to get Ken Stringfellow on here and nope work it out with him? Nope. You want to get Dave Perner back? Nope. <laughs> I don't have any feuds with Dave Perner. Okay. He's not coming back on the show, though. <laughs> no, the question is, do you subscribe to a best Beatle or do you reject the idea of a best Beatle? I wasn't asking you uh, who is the best Beatle. I'm asking you. don't you. have to back. I think I already answered. The I, I think if I think if people rewind, they'll see that I'm not backpedaling. What are you going to tell me? Who your favorite member of Rush is, or something? It's Getty Lee. Favorite member of the Clash, or it's Paul Simonin. So really? you're really like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. And somehow you still don't understand the marry one, fuck one, kill one thing. I think I do. I, I think I fucking nailed okay. it. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm not picking favorites. Unless it's Mary one, fuck one, kill one. Okay. F. Mary right, here, kill. Paul McCartney, Mary, here's, John Lennon, what, man. George Harrison. I'll fucking there you say go. it again. Fuck, Mary kill. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison. Marrying John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Fuck, to see, this is difficult, but. Don't take too yeah. much time. This I'm isn't gonna, a gig. This is just I'm an appearance. Fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck George and kill Paul. <laughs> see now, what see, what, see what that you did makes there? me feel really uncomfortable. Saying see, that. see what you did there. See what you did. You, uh, you told us. Decision. You, you told us who I your don't favorite like was. This. Yeah. We told you told us. It, you you really told not. us who your least favorite was. Yes, you I did. did not tell yes. you who my favorite was. He's John. Yeah, we obviously know that John's your favorite. Well, it's interesting you, you killed the one beetle that isn't already dead. Okay. Scott, you didn't answer. Who would you want to have in the next 100 episodes? Who was your get? Yeah, who's left for you? Who's, who's on your list that we haven't gotten to yet? I don't know. I so, mean, the question is, who uh, um, would I actually even be comfortable talking to? You know, I mean, we're not going to get... Martin Scorsese on here. Right. It's got to be a realistic expectation. I mean, we could get Martin Scorsese on here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's, there's some people that I'd like to have on, but I also think uh, I'd be too nervous for the show to even be very good. Who, who's maybe been, not. who have you been most nervous for so far? Most nervous so far. Uh, I don't know. Other than when we let the list. Keith Smith. Um, that's all been pretty, pretty within my wheelhouse as far as I felt like I could, I could hang. I mean, probably the most nervous was uh, Rick Froberg. I mean, that's probably why it was so bad because I was too nervous. 
So when we get him on again, Rick Froberg, part two. I will make sure to send him a separate invite next time. So as not to spoil anything for Gabe. Well, I mean, we can't. I, I mean, I wouldn't even walk up to that guy if I see him in a bar <laughs> and go, hey, it's me. I'd be like, no. I had my shot. All right. Now, how do we end this? End. We just started.
because I touched it. <laughs> and it burns. Ah, <laughs> oh, it fucking burned my eyes. <laughs> All we can see is oh, like somebody's ah, putting some yogurt to him. Oh. Ah, <laughs> I see a spoon of yogurt heading his way. I can't open my eyes. <laughs> you better go rinse those. It's dangerous. What happened uh, to Scott? I think Scott fell on the floor. See, Scott thought he was a tough guy. Where'd he go? I can't see. Get me, get me a wet paper towel. I don't want to ditch these guys. Wow. Get me a seriously, Justin. Get me a wet. Pa- That's dedication. Dedication wow. to the podcast. Hey, guys. Yeah, exactly. Thank the you for the honor of being on here. <laughs> McMahon sticks around. Thank you, brother. Uh, get it all. Where's Scott? I can't see. Scott? Scott died, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I had a little, little, I don't know if I can, you can see me. I had a little piece of size. And yeah. Scott, <laughs> he ate two crackers. He's done, bro. If Scott comes back to this seat, I will be imp- <laughs> I'll be impressed as hell. Oh, my God. 